BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. We do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. To those who listen regularly to the broadcast, uh, you've heard many mentions of the November 8th election. I mean, that's due to the fact that this is an extremely critical election facing the nation. We do not endorse candidates or parties. We don't tell you who you are to vote for, but we do talk about the issues. We talk about biblical values. We talk about the the stewardship that each of us has as a citizen of the United States. And for believers in Christ, yes, even as a citizen in heaven. We're called to be both salt and light, and as such we must recognize our accountability before before God in the well in the way that we use the stewardship of our vote. I want to remind you of the words of Samuel Adams. He said, Let each citizen remember at the moment that he is offering his vote that he is not making a present or a compliment to please an individual, or at least that he ought not so to do, but that he is executing one of the most solemn trusts in human society for which he is accountable to God and his country. Today we're discussing elections and Christian engagement. Joining us, we welcome back Sam Rohr, president of American Pastors Network. He's a former member of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives, where he was chair of the House Finance Committee. Uh, He is a speaker on Stand in the Gap Radio, Stand in the Gap Television. Sam, thanks for joining us. Uh, Jim, it's great to be with you today and the entire nationwide audience of ECY America. Sam, do you believe I've carried this matter too far when I talk about Christians being a steward of their vote? Oh, absolutely not. That is so perfectly stated, Jim. In every regard of biblical, uh, in every regard of our lives, we all, as believers, operate in regard to stewardship, stewardship of the environment, stewardship of the raising of our children, stewardship of our resources, steward of our intellect. There is nothing that anybody has that did not come from God. Let's put it this way, loaned to them from God. Gifts of God, they're called, but our obligation is to steward them for the glory of God. And that certainly includes our vote and everything we do in our talk, our speech, our actions, everything. So stewardship is exactly the right word. That's how God's going to judge us when we stand before him. And we will give an account for, yes, our votes, too. So I'd like you to address the, the, the Christian's responsibility on this, this topic, the stewardship that we have, because we have some who will sit back and, and will do nothing. They'll just say, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. I'm a citizen of heaven, should not be engaged in earthly affairs. What's your response to that? Well, I mean, part of what you said is true, and, and that's, that's where we get ourselves somewhat in trouble. I talk a lot about the fact that, yes, a true believer in Jesus Christ is first and foremost, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us that. However, we are, as believers in this world, we know that we're just passing through. We know that we're here for a short time, and our life is really ahead of us, eternity. We're here for a short time. But we also know, or should know, that all of us, have as a part of our responsibility. One of those is our identity in Jesus Christ as a child of God, a son or a daughter of God, but another one is being an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. An ambassador is a political, use it that way, it's a political position. It's It's a position, we know what it is, this world has ambassadors, we send them all around the world. Well, do we perceive ourselves as being ambassadors sent by the King of Heaven to reflect a earthly kingdom, yes, that will come. The millennial kingdom will be that earthly kingdom that will come, but our lives here are to reflect the principles that will ultimately be evidenced by Jesus Christ when he literally rules physically from the city of Jerusalem for a thousand years. We are to point towards that kind of rule, that moral rule, that rule with integrity, that rule with the fear of God, knowing that we're going to give an answer to Jesus Christ, the great judge of the world. We, when we do that, we will be engaged faithfully in communicating what righteous government is and should be, and ourselves act 
righteously and faithfully and loyally, uh, all of those things. So, yeah, that's what makes should make for a good citizen, modeling what, in fact, the future kingdom will be when we have Jesus Christ as our ultimate king, but he's actually operating that way now, just not physically on the earth. So, yeah, no, no true believer can say, my involvement in civil government uh, is not an obligation. Of course it's an obligation. We're ambassadors of Jesus Christ. So I will just stop right there for the moment. But uh, no, it's absolutely an, an integral part of the life of a believer in this world, regardless of the nation in which we live. We're all ambassadors of that future kingdom, and we're supposed to model it as best we can here now. Now, as you were speaking, Sam, I, I had Proverbs twenty nine two going through my mind. When when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Uh, I mean, if we decide not to vote, we're really voting by not voting. Uh, we can actually vote, though, in such a way that the people are either going to rejoice or they're going to mourn. Well, that's that's exactly correct. Now, tied in with that, that's a part of, see, it's the beauty of the way God, the, God has made us. In the end of the day... We are, as we just said, stewards of everything that God has given us. Mm -hmm. That includes our vote. That includes the way we're living. But at the end of the day, we also know when it comes to civil authority that God says he raises up, as old King Nebuchadnezzar learned the hard way when he was out there wandering in the field, um, he he said, God raises up and God puts down. You see, the, the biblical principle is God will work in the hearts of leaders. And as, as he says, as rivers of water, God moves the heart of the king whithersoever he wills. God raises up those leaders, even the bad ones, and he, and he takes down those leaders. And we also know that God raises up nations. Acts 17 talks about that. It raises up nations, and he collapses nations when they walk away uh, from him. So God has a very integral role in moving forward the kingdoms of this world and the leaders who are in that world. But he gives us as people the opportunity to help to shape and to direct so that if we live as the way we're supposed to, fear God and keep my commandments, and we raise our families and our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, then Deuteronomy 28 says that if that's the case and there's enough of us that does it, then God says, I'm going to pour out so many blessings, you're not going to be able to handle it. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it works. So there's a part we do, there's a part that God plays, but certainly I do know this, and God says, if we as his people do not steward what he gives us, and we believe that our blessings come from ourselves, and we do not need God, then God says, absolutely, you will lose everything that I have given you, and you'll be in bondage. You will not have freedom. That we do know for sure. Do you believe we're near that point or at that point? Well, I think uh, absolutely. I, I think there's no way to interpret where we are in this country that other than God has been uh, shouting, let's put it this way, God has been communicating to America and God's judgment is on this land. How do I know that? Well, I just read the scripture about how God worked with Israel. I mean, how can God bless our nation when we allow the killing of our babies, and we take that which God says is immoral uh, and say it is moral, and redefine marriage, human sexuality, and we, and we embrace corruption, and our Justice Department becomes the Department of Injustice, and we throw out God in every—how can God, God? God will not bless us. No, God, much of what we are experiencing, Jim, is what God says, Deuteronomy 28 and some other passages, is a direct result of the judgment of God. Our problem is that we are not recognizing hmm. the voice of God, yeah. and God's people, I think, at this point, still haven't gotten— uh, awakened to the fact that we're just not talking about policies emanating from the left or liberal policies. This is not just a political thing. This is a spiritual matter, and we are encountering the divine and holy headwinds of God that he talks about in judgment, because we think we can go it alone. Sam, that's a pretty sad commentary. I mean, with all that we're seeing unfold before us and the evil that's been growing in its magnitude, and and we're still trying to get Christians to wake up? 
Yes, we are. The pulpits of America are not awake. I mean, just think about this. I mean, I think the latest surveys I've seen from George Barn and some that we do work with, I think that, you know, less than nine, nine or eight or nine percent of the pulpits of America have even preached one sermon on prophecy this year. Hmm. I say, really? I mean, with things just falling, I'm saying into place, not falling apart, but falling into place sincerely, right, right. we're not going to stand up and talk about prophecy. They're still not preaching. The pulpits are still not preaching about uh, the, the importance of life and preaching against the sin of abortion. They're not even touching the issue of transgenderism. So, no, yeah, no. Yeah. The Church as a whole is not responding to the voice of God. Well, friends, we want you to wake up, as uh, Sam is saying here today. Sam Rohr from American Pastors Network. Uh, Sam, unfold for us. What you know, I, I firmly believe we're at a very critical crossroads as a nation on so many different issues uh, that are going to be impacted by this election. What, what, through your eyes, Sam, what do you see is at stake for our nation? Well, I'd say, to put it in very simple terms, the very future of our nation. I mean, we truly, on every trend you look at, from a moral perspective, a justice perspective, an institution of government perspective, um, uh, an economic perspective, a financial perspective, mm-hmm. a food perspective, a family perspective, we, we're on the precipice of a collapse. I'm not saying that to be uh, a downer. Uh, that's what the prophets of God told Israel of the old days. We look around, we, we have a problem of just simply interpreting what is so clear and obvious and trying to reinterpret it some other way. I know how God looks at us, and there's only one way, and just how he looked at Israel. I, I, I mean, all those things are just the way it is. We cannot survive. If God allowed Israel and an enemy nation to come into Israel to haul it off into bondage because they walked away from him. Why, why do we think that we are any different? I think that's one of the things that we have in modern America. We've had things for so good for so long. We have a tendency to think that America has the same kind of covenant promise to God mm. that Israel did. But that's not the case. Our founders covenanted with God to keep his commandments and expected his blessing. God went to Abraham and Israel and said, I will do to you what I promise. Even if you're not faithful, I'm going to bring you back. We do not have that promise from God. And there's a whole lot more nations right now that were once but no longer are. And and we're walking down that same pathway as a nation. I mean, we see what's taking place across Europe right now, and and the church. I mean, it's it's virtually non-existent, and we're 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 walking in the, those same footsteps. It's it's very troubling. Well, it is troubling, and it's very much put it bluntly. When when in Revelation two and three, when God looks at the seven churches and gives an evaluation of them, we are like that Laodicean church. We think we're fine. We've got mm-hmm. a lot of money at the moment. Um, but, but, but the Lord said, you don't understand. You, you don't have a lot. You're, you're naked. You're destitute. You need help. Take some of that money that you think you have. Buy a little ISAF so that you can see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I believe that describes where we are, Jim. Sam Rohr with us today from the American Pastors Network. We're talking about elections and Christian engagement and looking at what is at stake. But, folks, we've got more to unfold on the broadcast today, so stay with us. Back in a minute, you're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, have you ever seen that bumper sticker of a fish with legs? What's that all about? Chris, that bumper sticker is a direct insult to Christians and the God of Christianity. It's a perversion of the Christian symbol of the fish, which has been in place ever since the early church days. It's interesting to note that this has almost become a religious symbol with evolution. We've been saying for a long time that evolution is a religion, and now they have their religious symbol. Chris, they have to have symbols because they really just don't have any evidence that evolution has occurred. Evolution is not a science. It's the religion of naturalism, the idea that there is no supernatural God behind it all. At least that's how I see it from a Back to Genesis perspective. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Visit our web store at icr.org store and use the promo code FACT at the checkout when ordering your That's a Fact DVD. 
You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Sam Rohr is our guest today. He is president of American Pastors Network. We're talking about elections and Christian engagement. Uh, Sam, just before we develop this topic even further, give us a word about American Pastors Network, because the clarion call that you're giving to our listeners today is also the call that you're giving to pastors across the nation as well. Well, it is. Uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, yeah, the American Pastors Network, we've been around since 1993, but uh, the Lord has put us in a space of trying to communicate uh, now uh, extensively uh, through radio and TV across the country and to pastors, but, uh, but mostly to the pulpit, mm-hmm. I mean, to the, to the pew. It's the message that we must return to God. That is our message for this year we're bearing down on and last year, a return to God. If we believe that our problems are not political, then we must not believe that we can solve our problems politically. If our problems are spiritual, and they are, they can only be resolved and solved spiritually. And only the Spirit of God can do that, and the Spirit of God will do that when God's people actually really take the Word of God as the authoritative Word of God and live it, and preach it, and communicate it, and apply it, and shape it to every way, everything that they do and they think. And that includes, obviously, what we're talking about today, the area of civil involvement. Mm-hmm. It's got to be that way. So uh, our emphasis is very clearly that we must have a return to God. And that happens when God's people really lead the way and get serious and understand that it's our vertical relationship with the God of Heaven through Jesus Christ alone that make that has to be secure and in place before our horizontal relationship and our effectiveness as salt and light will be felt. Let me ask you this, then, Sam: Do the people have ears to hear? Is the pew listening to what you're having to say? Um, are the pew, the many in the pew are listening, but you know, Jim, that's a great question. It's a serious one. It's probably like you see. I think God has his remnant. I don't think. Let's put this right. I know God always has his remnant. Mm -hmm. But I also know biblically that the remnant is always the remnant. Now, that means the remnant's never the majority, never has been, never was through Israel. It's not today. And we know from the research and the George Barner research, I think is the best that I think it's out there, you probably have six to seven to eight percent of those who profess to be Christians actually manifest a true relationship and true faith and have true salvation. Uh, So you're talking a remnant. Now, that remnant, God has always glorified himself by working through the few. And we know, we know that broad is the way, but narrow is the way that leads to heaven, and few there be that find it. So those who have ears to hear are always less than those who have ears to refuse. And that, I think, is what we're finding uh, across the, the, the country today. There are many people who just plain don't even recognize anything that's going on, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. too many of them are in the pulpit. But uh, there are those who do have ears to hear, and my guess is many of them, like listen to our program and listening to your program today. Not many people keep coming back and listening to programs of truth like you have in VCY America unless they have ears to hear. So I think that group is the key for how God is working now and will work um, in anything that happens uh, in this country. Sam, for those who'd like to get plugged into America Pastors Network, how can they do that? Uh, our website, AmericanPastorsNetwork.net, would be a site to go to. Or if they want to go to our media site, StandInTheGapMedia.com, StandInTheGapMedia.com, or AmericanPastorsNetwork.net. Either one of them, and they can go and connect with us. Very good. Well, Sam, we're talking about certainly this upcoming election, and uh, you, you talked about the, the so many issues that are at stake. You mentioned life and and. The killing of the the preborn is is taking place. Sadly, even in the the wake of the Dobbs decision, uh, we saw also just the immorality that's going on through uh, what's happening in the so-called diversity, equity, and inclusion education. The whole LGBT agenda, the uh, transgender uh, the barrage that you know tidal wave that's hitting 
us as a nation. And and it should not come as a surprise. Uh, Joe Biden said as he was running for president that transgender issues are the civil rights issue of our time. And he's just out uh, unfolding the agenda as he planned and said he would. Uh, we see also the confirmation of judges is at stake here with with the uh, upcoming future uh, Senate. Uh, energy prices. Uh, you mentioned food, uh, certainly food policies and farmland utilization, uh, digital currency, uh, immigration. Are we going to have porous borders or not? I mean, on and on, even our relationship to Israel, what's unfolding with China, Russia, Ukraine. I mean, there is a lot that's before us here. Well, there is absolutely. But again, you know, you know, how can I put, say it? The ability to take and cite what you're citing and what we talk about, those same things, mm-hmm. only is possible for a person who has really what a biblical worldview. In other words, only when I know what ought to be based on the authority of God's Word yes. and God's pattern and model for a blessed society, will I recognize all of those things that you said as opposition and the, the evil, demonic, oppositional uh, direction to God's pattern. But you see, from the beginning of this world, since the, you know, since the devil went to Eve and said, "Yeah, God, you know, there's a better way," mm-hmm. you know, um, since that time, since the Tower of Babel, and there are those who said, "We're going to do it our way." That's exactly what we're seeing today. The fight has always been there, and when Jesus Christ, Him, the Son of God, came, and the powers that be refused him and killed him, um, well, it, why do we think it's any different? So these things that you talk about, it's been the challenge. The world, the flesh, and the devil have always waged war against the God of heaven, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and those who put their faith in Christ, the believers, the remnant of all time. That's yeah. the way it is. It just so happens that in these days, I think now, we're seeing almost like an unleashed evil. We know that in the end days, that the Spirit of God is removed, and it's not removed yet because the rapture hasn't happened. The Holy Spirit's here. I think we are seeing evidence, though, a combination of God judging sinful nations who turn their back on him. At the same time, the devil knows that his days are short. Mm -hmm. And so the activity is building up, and we're seeing and feeling this momentum Uh, But it's not a momentum that should surprise us. It's a momentum that the Scripture tells us will happen, and God's people will recognize, not retreat in fear, but move forward with faith, knowing that big things are really happening, and ultimately the big things are Jesus Christ is going to be coming again, and he's going to make this set this world right. I mean, that's the the big thing. We know what's going to come. And we're in these troublesome days, perilous times, Lord Mm -hmm. tells us about it, so... Be aware. Indeed. And uh, continue not only to be aware, but to be salt and be light. And so as we look at the stewardship of this vote uh, before us, uh, and early voting has already taken place in many places across this nation right now. There are people voting by absentee. Are, are, are there certain biblical principles, Sam, that should guide believers in Christ as they consider candidates for office? Well, absolutely. I mean, to the extent that. <laughs> I mean, if if a person does not... Uh, if, let's put it this way. I, I am not going to purposely vote for a liar. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I am going to vote for that person that models uh, an alignment with God's plan for a blessed society, meaning they fear God and have a and, 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 and keep his commandments. Now, I'm going to vote for a believer before I am going to vote for an unbeliever. Now, most of the times we don't have, but if a God-fearer uh, is there... Um, all right, and, and and the other one's not a God-fearer. I'll vote for the God-fearer. But what we're finding increasingly sometimes is that you may have candidates who both uh, lift their little puny fist against the God of Heaven yeah. and strike out and uh, take completely oppositional positions to what God says is clear, and that's becoming far too often the dilemma many people face. Uh, some wonder, what good is my vote going to do when election integrity is hanging in the balance? Uh, there there are those who say, you know, I've got absolutely no confidence in the voting process. They're still seeing, you know, the, the remnants of what happened at the 2020 election, uh, even considering sitting this one out. Uh, your response? Well, again, back to stewardship, the way you started the program. We have an obligation to do 
what is necessary to, uh, um, in this case, many people around the world don't even have an opportunity to vote. For mm-hmm. them, okay, that's not an option. But we do have an ability to vote. It's, it's just like anything else we do, Jim. The results are not up to me. When I witness to someone else and share the gospel with somebody, I'm going to do it as best I can, as faithfully as I can, but the results are not up to me. They're up to God. Voting's the same way. I have to vote. I have to faithfully do what is my civic duty, my obligation as a part of my part of a citizen of this representative republic. I must do that, and I must do that as closely as I can to the requirements that God gives, meaning I'm going to vote. If my obligation is to fear God and keep his commandment, then I'm going to vote for someone who also, as best as I can determine, fears God and keeps his commandments. And then, then I'm going to wait and see what God will do. The results are not mine. So I think to that regard, no one who is listening to say, well, it's not going to make any difference. <laughs> yes, it does make a difference, because God ultimately will raise up and put down. But how are we going to stand before God and say, well, I had an opportunity to express and be salt and light in the voting box, but I chose not to do it because I didn't think you, God, would do anything with it. Wow, what an unfaithful servant that would be. No, we do our obligation as wisely as we can, and then we walk away and say, Lord, take my vote and do with it what you want in conjunction with all these other people out here and how they voted. And we then can be confident when God raises up and God puts down. Let's face it, as ungodly as Joe Biden is, and he's evil, he's evil in his policies. So the question, how, well, how else can one judge that? The fact of the matter is, God raised up Joe Biden. Now, even, even if there was corruption involved there, we understand, but God raised him up. That's an amazing thing about the power of God. So we must do what we do. We be the salt. We be the light. We fulfill our obligations. We steward the freedoms that we have as best we can, and then we let it up to God. Sam, we're, um, that's we're, what we do. We're just a minute before the break here, but I want to ask you this, because I've heard people say, well, if I vote for the lesser of two evils, we were talking about that, uh, that I'm still voting for evil. Therefore, I don't want to vote for evil, so I'm going to abstain from voting in the election. Well, um, very seldom I have found, and I, have, I was in office for nearly 20 years, so I've been through this process personally. Very few times are we actually presented with two people who are truly evil. More often than not, they're both less than qualified, maybe. But evil is a different matter. If, in fact, that's how I vote, if somebody's evil, meaning they raise their fist against the God of heaven, mm-hmm. or they, they declare that what God says to be true is not, and I'm going to kill those unborn, those preborn babies, and I'm in support of redefining marriage, okay, I am not going to vote for such a person. How can I? How can I? Now, I will write in somebody's name. I will write in somebody's name if I can. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, in, and I don't think at this point I have at this juncture not made a vote for an office. I have voted for the ones I can, but I'm not going to vote for the evil one if they truly are evil. We're going to be back in just one minute as we're talking about elections and Christian engagement. And uh, friends, please know this. Not everything is done on November the 8th, okay? There are, uh, you, it's not time to, you know, get back in your sleeping bag and go to sleep. No, there's more to come after that as well. Back in a minute here on Crosstalk. The Bible follows the rise and fall of kingdoms and governments, covers millennia of ancient history, and reveals God's plan for humanity through powerful accounts that still speak to us today. In the hardcover book, Charting the Bible Chronologically, authors Tommy Ice and Ed Heinsohn have teamed up to provide readers a panoramic view of the events recorded in Scripture, all laid out in chronological order. This book takes you from the words, In the Beginning, all the way to the New Jerusalem. With 40-plus full-color charts, you will see timelines of biblical history, pre-flood genealogy, Israel, the life of Christ, and a master fold-out chart of the entire Bible. This is a vital resource for new believers and Bible scholars alike, providing a visual guide to God's unfolding plan. Charting the Bible Chronologically is available for a donation of $25 or more to VCY. Call 1-800-729-9829. 
AmericanPastorsNetwork.net, a website for our guest today, Sam Rohr from American Pastors Network. Uh, Sam, I, just going into the break, I just said it's not all done November 8th. Now, we may be waiting for a while even to get results in, in some states and locations, and but but I also just want to be sure we bring up uh, the very upcoming, what I call, of a very dangerous time legislatively. Uh, if If there is going to be a flip of the House or the Senate or both, there are going to be some desperate attempts to quickly pass legislation. I'm thinking of things like the so-called Respect for Marriage Act or attack on, on elections themselves to federalize elections uh, or, or the attack on the filibuster or any number of pieces of legislation. Uh, this is a very dangerous time and people must remain alert even past November 8th. Uh, you couldn't say that uh, that better. We see that's that's why um, being alert again. What the scripture tells us to do as 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 Christians, we are to be watchful, we are to be sober, we are to be observant, we are to pray for wisdom, we are to be discerning all of the things which are needed, and we are to pray commanded to pray for those in positions of authority. And it's not just before an election. We are to pray all the time. Pray mm-hmm. what? Well, pray that those who know the truth do it. Uh, we pray against those who are evil. Lord, stop the hand of those who reject you. Um, and certainly, after election, and you're, you're, you're right, if, there, if, if the election turns around and you know, completely reconfigures the the Congress federally mm-hmm. uh, and the Senate. Absolutely, you can assure be assured that there will be attempts to shove through um, otherwise unconstitutional mm-hmm. or other provisions. So, uh, being engaged is something. No matter if it's in the best of times or if it's in the times that are more greatly concerning, our obligation doesn't change. Our obligation to pray doesn't change. Our obligation to be observant doesn't change. Our obligation to be interacting with those who are in office doesn't change. Uh, it doesn't change. Mm-hmm. It may actually increase, <laughs> though, because of uh, the obvious nature of um, uh, evil wanting to become even more evil. So, yeah, absolutely. Friends, let's open some phone lines here today. Uh, maybe you've got a question you'd like to ask of our guests as it pertains to the elections and Christian engagement. Our topic today with Sam Rohrer, our phone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. Perhaps a brief comment uh, you'd like to make uh, pertaining to our discussion today, 1-800-733-9829. Um, Sam, I, I know that you've studied this uh, uh issue significantly. Do you believe that uh, what we saw happen in 2020, and many disenfranchised by by what happened in this in so many different states, are we on the other side of that? Can that be avoided? Is is is, is there a problem with, with the election integrity as we move forward here in this election? Uh, unfortunately, nothing really has changed. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Jim, I just... Uh, um, doing a program tomorrow on that subject, we're going to run our standing gap today, talking about that issue. Mm-hmm. But in preparatory work for that, uh, very clearly, it is the case that nowhere really across this country has anything substantively changed legislatively or judicially. Here in Pennsylvania, my home state, you know, already uh, 200,000 mail-in ballots were just sent out by our administration here, the State Department of Pennsylvania. 200,000 ballots sent out to people who never asked for them. And that is despite the fact that the U.S. Supreme Court in Pennsylvania ordered that it not be done. Wow, wow. Okay, so so in, in reality, even though there's been so much issue in you know, requesting evidence to come forward and investigation... Uh, nothing really has been done. I know for a fact that information was put in the hands of the FBI. Uh, extraordinary information in Michigan. 
And it was recognized there that, yes, this is very important. It went to the top, and the top came down, and they canceled the entire investigation. So um, that is a real-life perspective. Nothing has substantively changed legislatively or judicially uh, affecting uh, the framework. So, no, we can be hopeful, but there's nothing in the, in the, in, in the framework that makes it any more or any less likely, let's put it that way, uh, that things will happen now than happened in 2020. The only thing, the only thing there is that there are more people, more citizens aware I think they are going to be more observant. And I think in reality, in states where the, we saw things happen last time, even as one uh, individual who's been involved in this said, you know, be, be, be watchful. Be watchful of making sure that your vote is actually put down the way you said it was. Mm-hmm. And, and don't go in and vote too early. Go yeah. and vote late so that the other side has less time to try and figure out what the votes are going to be and uh, and prepare for corruption. I thought that was a pretty good piece of advice. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to vote later rather than earlier, and uh, for those reasons. So there are things like that I think uh, can be done, but we uh, we need to vote. We need to bathe our prayer and vote yeah. and trust God to do what he will do. Amen. Our phone number to Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. We've got Lee calling in from Hartford. Lee, you're on the air. Hi. Um, I really appreciate this topic, first of all. Um, I just wanted to share something, uh, my voting experience a few years ago, and just ask if you thought I made the right decision or not. Typically, or always, whenever I vote, the first thing I look at is the person's stance on the right to life and their, their, um, how they vote on abortion. So if, if they're in any way in favor of abortion, they don't get my vote, period. But um, a few years ago when Mitt Romney um, ran against Obama, I was faced with a little different, maybe I overthought of this or not, I'm not sure. But um, I thought, so if, if I vote for Mitt Romney and he's our president, who's he going to pray for or who's he going to pray to? in time of need, because him being a Mormon, I thought he's not praying to the Judeo-Christian God. And, and in the past, you know, even if somebody wasn't a professing Christian or their witness wasn't that strong, they still had an understanding of who the, um, who the God of the Bible was, mm-hmm. and that um, in desperate times they would pray to him. But with Mitt Romney, he would be praying to somebody else. So I never voted... I wrote in Ron Paul, I think, knowing mm-hmm. he wasn't going to get elected. But that's what I did. I would just okay. like to hear your opinion on that. I appreciate it. Thank Great. you. Thank you, Sam. Well, um, I walked through the same kind of a process, too. Um, now, I didn't I didn't vote for, in this case, Mitt Romney, because it wasn't that circumstance, and I did not vote for him. But, um, but I think to ask those questions are right. I think there are certain key positions like for instance if any if a candidate holds to a moral position and it can be more than life you know it can be marriage um it can be the role of the father and the mother in the home it can be human sexuality frankly it can be to the interpretation of what we term to be just or unjust i mean it goes beyond that but if those things if if they're off in one area they're often off in another and so, yes, a person, a, a, an informed citizen, will walk down through and look at those things. And there are some things that, for me, were, were, would be absolutely, they're, they're a disqualifier. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to vote for somebody who, uh, who's involved in the occult, as an example, right? Uh, uh, so, uh, so we do have to make those distinctions. We do have an ability to do that. And then, uh, and then also understand that, Check out a person's history before they get on a ticket, because I'm, I guarantee you a person's past record, a leopard does not change their spots when it comes to political office. If they, were, if they are bringing into that office a life of a different, possess, a different position on things, it's very, very seldom, unless they've had a, an encounter with Jesus Christ and are willing to say, I've accepted Christ my Savior, unless they've had something like that, it's very, very unusual 
for a person during a time of election uh, to say all of a sudden that they've changed. So I, I have to look back. It's so there's a part of that. Very anyway. good. We got packed phone lines. Karen is next in Pennsylvania. Karen, you're on the air. Yes, I know he covered this before, but I have born again believing friends that don't feel any obligation to vote year after year. What would he have to say about that? Well, that's where prayer. Excuse me. That's where prayer comes in, and uh, you know, I think where there are people who profess to know uh, the Lord, if they say they are a Christian. Um, you know, uh, and if you've talked to them before and they say, I don't care what you say, well, okay, you may not be able to do anything. Um, encouraging them to listen to, you know, like VCY America, you know, or our program, something mm-hmm. like that, if they have any interest in wanting to know, mm-hmm. there can be things like that that can convince them. But I would, I would almost submit that at this point in time, if a person looking at all around us, still does mm-hmm. not believe that they need to vote before God or have any obligation mm-hmm. in our representative republic, I don't know that their heart is not changeable, but boy, if they haven't awakened at this point, it's a uh, uh, pray for them, because only the Spirit of God can And, change. you know, this is why we use the term stewardship as well, because this this is their stewardship. They are a citizen. They have the ability to cast a vote. We Scripture tells us to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Mm-hmm. We, we yeah. have that responsibility, mm-hmm. and, and I, that's why I, I believe that word stewardship is so key in this, uh, Karen, that... Uh, uh, we can squander that stewardship, and we see the repercussions of that in in uh, the parables as well. But uh, and we we pray that people's eyes will be open, that they will be awakened to the seriousness of the times. Right. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Frank is next in Pleasant City, Ohio. You're on the air, Frank. Hey, yes, sir. I uh, got a comment. I know you're talking about voting, but you know it, it's hard for people to vote, especially Christian people, to vote. When, you're, when your pastors are standing at the pulpit and they're willing to compromise the Word of God, hmm. therefore they compromise the Word of God and, and they compromise their votes because they vote for these people that keep feeding them their check. I just walked away from the Methodist denomination be, be exactly because of this. Our pastor made the comment, if you disaffiliate, pastors move to bigger and better places and you'll have troubles finding a pastor to wow. pastor your church. Wow. How, how are we going to have those people um, that are supposed to be leading their flock to the yeah. polls when you make, a, when you make mm. a comment like this because of the Word of God? Frank, thank you for mm. that. Uh, Sam, you got 40 seconds before the break. Go ahead. Okay, Frank, great question. Here's the thing to remember. When we look around and we see what's, what you described, the Lord calls a hireling in the pulpit could be a false prophet, but if they will not preach the Word of God and they will not communicate biblical principles, all right, what, just note that. Don't go to a church where you've got a pastor like that. That's number one, get out. And, and remember this, that as individuals, God will judge us and hold us accountable for what we do with the truth that we have, yeah. regardless of what a pastor or a, some, a pastor does or does not do. They will answer to God in a bigger way for what they do. Do what's right on our own so we can say, the Lord can tell us, well done. Thank you so much for the call, Frank. Uh, We have a 60-second break here. We'll come back to more of your phone calls here in our final segment as well. So people stay on the phone, and uh, we'll get to your calls here uh, momentarily. Sam Rohr with us, the website, AmericanPastorsNetwork.net. Back in a minute here on Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Well, as many of you know by now, Kanye West came out and made a bunch of anti-Semitic comments about the Jewish people. I warned on my national radio show that this public figure, who's being praised by many on the right and the left, would be used to justify more anti-Semitism. Well, over the weekend, it's being reported by a Fox Los Angeles station that a big anti-Semitic sign saying that Kanye West was right about the Jews was flying over the interstate. My friends, I have done conferences, two of them, national conferences a few years ago called Holocaust Horizon, warning about the dangers of the rise of anti-Semitism. We have said since Nazi Germany, never again. But my friends, the anti-Semitism is rising. 
But let's be clear. It's rising from the right and from the left, including within evangelicalism with replacement theology that says God is done with Israel. That's a lie. Be on guard. Elections and Christian engagement are a topic today. Sam Rohr is our guest, president of the American Pastors Network, and uh, served for some many years in the Pennsylvania House of Representatives. Uh, is a speaker on the Stand in the Gap radio and Stand in the Gap television. And uh, speaking on this issue here of elections and Christian engagement, let's get right back to the phone lines here today. And uh, holding the longest is uh, Julie in Pensacola, Florida. Julie, you're on the air. Uh, yes, I just uh, have a quick comment and a quick question. The comment is, I watched the debates between, the Michigan debate between Tudor and Gretchen, and they were asking, they were asked the question about abortion, and the question was to the fact that would they support whatever the people voted for? If the people voted for abortion, would they uh, acknowledge what the vote was and accept it? And Tudor said right away, yes, she would accept whatever the vote was for. But Gretchen, she was um, determined to make abortion go through, no matter how the vote was. If it was voting against abortion or for abortion, she was going to make sure that that abortion went through. And all I have to say is that when, when the debates are going on, if people would really pay attention to the answers that they're given, because they, you can really learn a lot about a, a candidate by the answers mm. that they give. Yeah. My question is this. My daughter is overseas, and she's in the military. Her husband's in the military. She did not get her absentee um, request, her absentee ballot in time. Can she still vote? Um, she's a Nevada. She's under the Nevada. Yeah, you know, every state has different laws pertaining to this, but but um, overseas military, you know, do have you know the federal guarantee to vote. So uh, you're going to have to look at the process with just uh, two weeks remaining, less than two weeks remaining. Um, I don't know if you have any further insight on that, Sam, but but um, it, it would you know connect right away with the that uh, state election commissioner there. Uh, I I won't add anything to it. I don't. I can't answer any more definitively yeah. to that. Thank you, Julie. Um, we've got John calling from Milwaukee, and John, you're on the air. Hello. Thank you. Um, I'm a little leery because the voting machines are still the same ones they used a few years ago, and I guess the only thing I can do is vote in person, and t- that takes care of that. But we're not only voting for a candidate. We are also voting for the direction of the DOJ, mm-hmm. the FBI, and all these other crazy agencies. ICE has had their hands tied. And um, I don't know. We just uh, don't believe what your eyes see. It's just unbelievable. Thank you for your time. Thank, Thank you. you. And Sammy, he brings out there. there's a whole lot at stake here. And and even, even I mean, there's not going to be a change in the presidency here with this election. This is a midterm election. But there are those that can launch investigations and get to the bottom of things. There are those who have the ability to impeach, depend, impeach who, depending upon who has uh, control of the, the House and the Senate. Uh, but there is a lot at stake. There is a lot at stake, and there always has been a lot of stake at stake. And um, so anyway, I, I can't do any more. I can't say anything more than what you have done. There is a lot of stake, which is why we must do exercise our stewardship wisely, as you've been saying. Pray fervently and appeal to the God of heaven to hear. Uh, and if he wants to heal our land, he can. And if he wants to continue to put judgment upon our land because insufficient people have awakened, he will. Yeah. I pray at the end of every prayer, Jim, just as Jesus prayed in the garden. Nevertheless, not my will. Hmm but thy will be done. Amen. And that's actually, I think that's how we need to pray in this regard. These things that are described, that John described and so forth, they're all over the country. It's big. We all feel it. We sense something is underway. We need to pray that justice will be lifted up, that truth will be executed, that, that the evil will be prosecuted, that the righteous will be, uh, would, would be defended, Romans 13. We must pray for that, we, absolutely, and we must make sure in our own lives we are living out our lives the way that God would have us to live out. We need to look in the mirror every day and say, Lord, make me a blessing today. 
Mm. Am I sharing the gospel with somebody else? When's the last time I talked to somebody about the Lord? When's the last time, you know, whatever? We must do that. And then God, when we do that, faithfully, God has a way of taking that with the lives of thousands and tens of thousands of other, and he, he takes and does something that only he can do supernaturally. And that's where we need. We need a supernatural uh, involvement. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what we need. Let me squeeze one more call in. This is uh, Mary in Ashtabula, Ohio. You're on the air, Mary. Uh, yeah, in First Kings 3, 4 to 9, I'd like everyone to read that, but I'll just read a, a few little things here. Uh, Solomon had a big, big project to do. He had to build a temple, and he wanted to do it right. He wanted to be like his father. He wanted to do everything. He was faithful. And uh, so the Lord asked him in a dream, he said, ask forever you want me to give you. And Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. Mm -hmm. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne this very day. So now, O Lord, you have made your servant king in place of my father. I'm only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous. Mary, we're almost out of time, so do you have a specific question you'd like to ask pertaining to these verses so that people uh, can read them? So give your servant a discerning heart. Amen. Amen. We do have, and Sam, we were down to 60 seconds, and I apologize, Mary, for cutting you off there, but Sam, I want you to, okay, she's saying to have a prayer for a discerning heart. That's critical, is it not? It is absolutely, absolutely, and I would leave with this. What does God require of us? Well, he requires us fear God, fear God, keep his commandment, walk courageously, then let it up to God. That's where we are. That's what we must do. And if God's people do that, the God of heaven will hear. Amen. Amen. We're out of time on the broadcast. Thank you, Mary, and two others who had called on the broadcast here today. Sam Rohr with us. Elections and Christian engagement. Uh, Friends, we are just less than two weeks away from the November 8th election. Many are already engaged in in casting your vote. And uh, we ask that, uh, as always, through VCY America, that you be informed and you cast a prayerful vote. Consider it as a stewardship that you have before God and go before him on how you can best use that stewardship. Sam, thank you for carving out the time and joining us today. Great to be with you, Jim. Sam Rohr from uh, American Pastors Network. Again, their main website, their gateway website, their AmericanPastorsNetwork.net. AmericanPastorsNetwork.net. Get engaged with them, folks. Uh, sign up, and you can get releases and information as they release it through uh, their ministry there as well. Friends, troubling times before us, but our God's in control. Let's stay faithful. Let's be salt. Let's be light. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.